0: to Volume 3, Issue 118 of the Cane Podcast. You can play along with us throughout Volume 3. The next five issues we are covering will be uh, Manhunt and Manhunt 2 in one issue of their own. Then we'll be lightening the tone slightly with Parappa the Rapper, Parappa Rapper 2 and um, Lamy. Before we return to Super Mario Sunshine, uh, getting into the, the the Middle Ages of the Mario main series. Um, After that, it's uh, a little indie game from last year. Not so little, really. A big indie game from last year. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons we will be covering uh, before we herald the arrival of Infamous Second Son with Infamous and Infamous 2 covered in one issue as well. Um, If you want to see what we are going to be covering beyond that, uh, the schedule uh, is available on uh, canandrince.com. uh, there's also blog articles there, links to the forum, uh, our merchandise stall, uh, links to our Facebook page, Google Plus page, Twitter account, and also to our YouTube channel. Please do subscribe, uh, review, and rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful to get the podcast out there for people to to find us and to hopefully enjoy us, as it were. So, the game we are covering today in issue 118 is barely in need of an introduction. I will say this and only this. From Software's Demon's Souls has gained a reputation since it first crept into the world in February 2009. It has been cited for its influence on many games and game developers, and on the development of the consoles of the 8th and current generation. Much is made of this game's difficulty and its community. Before Dark Souls, a colourless deep fog swept across the land, and those who dared penetrate it found demon souls. I'm the monumental James Carter, and I'll be your adjudicator in this issue, for which I am joined by our silent chief, Darren Foreman.
1: I have you now, wretched traitor to the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We also have the venerable sage, Sean O'Brien. You have a heart of gold. And we are joined by a very special guest from the Twin Humanities podcast, uh, also a writer for Plus XP, and a true king, CJ Black.
2: Show me some coin. If not, head straight for the door. I am not here to (laughs) chit-chat. Except I am!
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Except we are all here to chit-chat, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, nothing quite like attempting a very poor Scottish accent on a podcast with <laughs> yeah. two Scotsmen. Perhaps later <laughs> I can have a pop at a poorly realised American accent around off some sort of <laughs> triforce of resentment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it's uh, it's definitely the game to be uh, making friends and ins- influencing people over. <laughs> so, Demon Souls uh, was originally released in February 2009 we're looking at a five-year-old game, believe it or not. Um, it then came out in October 2009 in the US, uh, when Sean was able to enjoy it at his local retailer, from his local retailer. <laughs> we had to wait here in Europe and also in Australia until June 2010, which seems unfair. Um, but it, it did lead to a rather amusing um, Game of the Year opportunity, which I'll come to later in, uh, in my history with the game. Um this game has two main developers i guess we'll call them although how the development was divided is is open for discussion and obviously we'll we'll cover that a little bit um first logo that pops up after sony presents is sony computer entertainments japan studio um Known for involvement with uh, Eco Siren uh, games, Patapon, Shadow of the Colossus, Puppeteer, Gravity Rush. Look, you get the idea. A lot of Sony uh, titles that were first party or or, um, or second or third party games that uh, the Japan studio helped bring bring to fruition. Um, notably, I suppose Capcom's upcoming Enigma machine. I'm referring to it as because no one seems to know what it is. Uh, Deep Down is also uh, listed as as one of uh, Japan Studios' upcoming titles. So, but the the main developer we're going to be talking about in in regards to to Demon Souls is of course From Software, uh, known before the Souls games for Armored Core, Chrome Hounds, uh, Tenchu. Atogi, Ninja Blade, uh, and I guess notably Kingsfield, uh, which would be the the most direct comparison for, for where the Souls games came from. Um, before we talk about our own histories with it, um, from the forum I thought this was uh, an interesting look uh, at, at how other people may have come to the game. So Necimancer, uh said... I died over and over and over again slowly exploring a bleak world filled with creatures bereft of hope So the story story is incredible if you look for it but it won't be spoon fed to you the armors are gorgeous and weapon design is top notch sound effects and music suit the scene perfectly and pull you in you'll be hard pressed to discover a world more immersive than this one I'm talking of course of Kingsfield 2 which was my introduction to dark hardcore RPGs It was by From Software, and I've been a fan ever since. I said you'd be hard-pressed to discover a world more immersive than Kingsfield. Demon's Souls is more than up to the task. Everything I said about Kingsfield 2 applies to Demon's Souls, but bigger and better. Something I love about the Souls games is how much they reward experience, not with experience points, but in terms of the player learning. Improving your level and gear helps, but it will never replace learning the enemy's attacks and your weapon's movesets. Using experience, knowledge, and preparation, people are capable of performing ludicrous feats like Soul Level One, New Game Plus 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 runs. Um, I thought that was interesting from from Necimancer, Um because obviously, well, certainly for myself, and I think possibly for a lot of us, the Kingsfield games are something that, well, certainly I learned about after mm-hmm. uh, I'd heard of, of Demon Souls. It wasn't something I w- they weren't something I was aware of, but for some people. Um, Demon's Souls possibly seemed like a natural progression from work From had been doing before, whereas to me they were more associated with something like Armoured Core and therefore this seemed a bit out of the blue Um, How about you guys? How did you come to to Demon's Souls? Sean, would you like to kick us off being the one who in theory got the game earliest or potentially earliest?
3: Well, I um, actually didn't play it until 2010. I Mm. wasn't even really aware of it until I think it won at least a few Game of the Year awards, but I know it won GameSpot's Game of the Year award in 2009. Mm. And um, that caught my attention uh, pretty fast because I was all about Uncharted 2 that year. And I was like, how could you not let it go on Uncharted 2? But (laughs) I'm speaking to the wrong people here. (laughs) Uh, so I saw that, and then I I was walking through Blockbuster, because we were one of the last states to actually have Blockbuster here. Um, and they actually had a copy of Demon's Soul sitting there, and I was like, ah, I, I'll give it a shot, I guess. I don't really know anything about it. <laughs> and I um, so I picked it up, it took it home, popped it in, got through the intro, got a little bit into Bullet Tower of Paris, and took it right back. Uh, I didn't understand anything about it. I didn't like it. I thought it looked ugly. It was slow, boring. I was like, nope, no thanks. Took it back, and uh, it kept just sitting in my mind. I was like, ah, I want to go back to that game, for I don't want to. But I want to, and I, I don't know. So, uh, eventually, did go and pick it back up, and it just it just clicked somewhere along the line, and um, yeah. yeah, been stuck with it ever since. <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that that sounds like uh, it seems from the forum certainly and from just talking to people over the years like that's that's quite familiar Mm -hmm. um, familiar experience that people have. Darren, how about yourself? My memories of this game are slightly
1: occluded by wax. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember the exact details of how Manchester first got interested in it but I do recall that Destructoid ran an article saying that it was one of the best games that they could barely play because it was so goddamn hard.
4: <laughs>
1: and obviously, that's the kind of thing that sets off alarm bells in my head. And it, although that I'm known as like a very action game heavy kind of gamer, um, it's not. I wouldn't say that those are my absolute favourites unless they're exceptional, you know, like Devil May Cry or Ninja Gaiden. Mm. Generally, adventure games tend to reel me in more often. And after hearing this was. Uh, Like, an adventure game that required skill, uh, patience, reflexes, the ability to learn enemies, um, not rushing in like an idiot swinging your sword around. (laughs) Obviously, this kind of clicked with me, just like on a fundamental conceptual level. And I knew that I had to get my hands on it. And I eventually bought it early. Like, I bought the Asian version, which was fully translated in English. Hmm. And that would be like uh, the uh, Chinese territories, mainly. Because mm. uh, the, the actual Japanese version was still only Japanese. Mm. And um, the translation work was actually great. They only needed to make a few main up tweaks for the, the official uh, uh, Western releases. So I got that through eBay, and uh, that's how I kind of got into Demon's Souls.
0: Excellent. And CJ, how about yourself?
2: Um, I remember initially there was a um, there was a piece on... Uh, n for g of all places with um following the release in Japan saying that uh, the game had uh, had gotten quite poor reviews in in Japan uh, but the word of mouth had uh, had seen it selling out uh, across the country and then uh, the korean version was selling out on import to japan and uh, sony were trying to get more copies on the streets and i think it it threw sony a a bit of a loop from that, and there, there was a, a gent in the comics in the comments section who was replying to a poster just saying that oh, the, the, they thought it looked terrible, and he was saying, "Got the game, it's incredible. It's I'm I'm just humongously addicted. It's one of the best things I've ever played, and it stayed in my mind a little bit from there. Um, mm. But then there was the the burst when the Atlas edition hit the net, and just all of these incredible scores were coming out of, out of mm. nowhere." Um, all, all wrapped in sort of sayings like, "Oh, this is this is really old school. This is this is incredibly hard," which is something that I, I still massively disagree with about the game. Um, not from a degree of it of, of me being particularly good at games because I'm not, mm. uh, but I, I think it, it presents a challenge to the player as to how much they they pay attention, and it gives you a huge amount of leeway to to get past any particular problem. Um, but I, I was really taken with, um, I don't know this, this, this enigma that was formed from, from all these reviews. There was a, a really funny and brilliant, uh, video review that kicked in from classic game room, uh, which was great. And the GameSpot review that, um, yeah. that Sean was talking about and just thought balls to it. I'm importing this. <laughs> um, and uh, hoping that it, it wouldn't cost me, uh, too much in, in import fees. Cause I'd gone for the, uh, the limited edition that atlas did and it was in sort of a, a thick cardboard sort of glossy sleeve with the game and also sort of a, a mini guide uh mm. which didn't spoil anything particularly it just introduced you to a a lot of the the systems which the the game kind of held back a little bit so it, it gave you a yeah. a little bit of a step forward and once it arrived it, there was just something about it which just stole me away and uh mm. I, I remember having this really dumbass phrase that that leapt in my mind which was physics mathematics where i'd, I'd sort of <laughs> ju- judge the stamina bar and I'd be like right i can take a hit on it and that will just take a bit off but if i go for that enemy uh i can swing twice but then i've really got to step back and i've got to put my shield up or if they leap at me that will increase my attack and i might need, not need to have I had to add a, a second attack and my head just went over it um, When you said it was
1: physics mathematics I thought you were referring to the Havoc Engine where you could walk past a <laughs> corpse and kick it across the room
2: I, I, I love that though, I know, I know sort of some people will look yeah. at it and go like lol look at the rag doll but It's, a, it's a- awesome,
0: it is awesome So for, um, for my part um, I, I alluded earlier to um, the potential because of the release dates in, of the games uh, around the world for some game of the year award oddities, and the particular oddity to which I'm referring was uh, the Big Red Potion podcast, which um, is no longer around. But there was a, a, an end of year uh, show on GamerNode uh, that, that brought together the old the old crew in 2009, because uh, like so many people uh, over here, several of the of the of the uh, people on the podcast had already played it either because they were in the US or because they'd imported it um demon souls uh got the game of the year award in 2009 but then uh, sinan on a technicality i suppose uh because the game didn't come out here until 2010 actually gave the game game of the year again in 2010 <laughs> um, and sounds uh, like that... a
2: wise and learned man <laughs>
0: yes indeed um and and so at, at that point uh i could i could obviously barely uh, think of, of not picking this game up so it was early 2011 that I tracked down uh, one of the Black Phantom editions um, that Namco Bandai put out in Europe and started playing through it but it, it took me a couple of years to play through the game actually uh, not because I didn't enjoy it just because it, um, it was a game that I wanted to sort of eke out and play in little bits and pieces and, and just sort of drink in as much as possible Um so yeah that's that's how I came to it uh, probably quite late in the day really um, compared to the rest of our panellists here and obviously a lot of people who ha- had heard of this game before it ever came out in Europe and obviously we had to wait a long time um, but for me it was actually a fairly quick thing that by the time I'd really heard of it enough to be interested in it um, it was already out here so fortunate that, in some that respects that Black Phantom
2: edition was beautiful though yeah
0: yeah. the, the guide you referred to CJ um I assume it's the same guide or a similar guide it's to the a, one that's in the Black Phantom edition. It's
2: a different guide entirely actually. Ah, right. Yeah, because one, that one, one
0: was pieced together from the um the Demon Souls wiki. Yeah. Um, pretty much entirely. Um I think all the it was different um different passages taken from from that wiki. Um so that's interesting to know it was a different guide entirely.
4: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, um, we're we're touching on a, a fairly curious story uh, about Demon's Souls, which is that um, Sony actually published this game in Japan. Uh, their Japan studio was involved partly in the development, although how much I guess we can we can speculate on. Given that, that From went on to make Dark Souls on their own, you could maybe see that perhaps it w- a lot of the the game design came from them rather than Japan Studio. But that's speculation, who who? Uh, outside of that, uh, of those companies, knows uh, is certainly not me. Um, but then, when it uh, when it came to distributing elsewhere, um, as as we've kind of alluded to before, Sony weren't all that thrilled uh the prospect of of distributing elsewhere in the world despite the fact there was already a localization uh, in place as as Darren mentioned Um, and that's where Atlas stepped in and picked up as so often they do they they find the the curiosities and, and the interesting games that they think they can find a niche audience for um and there was a big swell of support behind them I seem to remember there was there was actually quite a um, quite a, a response when it turned out they wouldn't be publishing Dark Souls in um, in uh, in the US, um, and and that's of course because Namco Bandai stepped in to publish Demon Souls in in Europe and Australia, and that formed the relationship that meant that when uh, when From Software started developing Dark Souls, Namco Bandai um, stepped in as publisher uh, and and took on that that property with From Software. Um, and and that's that's why that relationship exists now and Atlas are, are no longer part of that picture but it's just a really odd set of circumstances for for the publishing of this there game are.
1: and one one side of the thing I'm quite uh, sympathetic towards Atlas because they yeah. I suppose they took a chance on taking it over to the US in the first place and getting it distributed mm-hmm. um on the other flip side of the coin it's probably good for us outside the US because atlas stuff tends to take ages to get uh, transferred over here like over to yeah. Europe yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah cuz i'm wondering how much atlas actually shipped overseas from from those cuz they they did really well from it i think it was was it something like 250,000 copies they they did or you know in atlas uh in atlas uh terms they terms, they yeah, did yeah. really well and it's 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 yeah. nice to think that the success of, of Demon's Souls might have given them leeway to take a few more risks with with different titles things, yeah. yeah.
1: Also, while I'm saying that this is a good thing for us, it still took somewhere in the region of seven months to get uh, Demon Souls over here but, oh, yeah. but yeah. it was probably yeah, a good sure. thing as far as Dark Souls and the upcoming sequel go
0: Um so, other uh, facts of note about um, Demon Souls: uh, the director uh, of the game, Hidetaka Miyazaki, um, was director for Demon Souls, um, and 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 that that established certainly in my mind that established his reputation. I'm, I'm not familiar with his work beforehand, and nor from Softwares, but uh, it certainly. Um, it's it certainly made me pay attention when Dark Souls was announced, and it was not only the same developer but the same uh, director as well. And it raised a lot of eyebrows when he was no longer going to be directing Dark Souls Two. Um, what he has now uh, moved on to is uh, uh, the. The topic of much speculation, but as yet, as yet I don't think where well, there's been uh, any word on that. So
2: I think his one his one comment is, "I'm going to do something completely different." Which, yeah. knowing knowing the, the the dark sense of humour and the complete troll <laughs> that he is, uh, li- has led many to believe what he might actually be working on, which uh, <laughs> is
0: something much more yeah. similar than he's mm-hmm. perhaps suggesting. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Of, of which all of my fingers and toes are crossed. <laughs>
0: Um, so uh, the other thing I wanted to say before we get into the actual meat of the game is that uh, if, if you were a PlayStation Plus member back in April 2013 you would have been given access to uh, Demon Souls then which um all the way through uh, Demon Souls in the five years since it was first released, there's, there's been rumours and speculation that the servers, because they're dedicated servers hosted by the publisher, um, would have to be shut off and, and they've been periodically delayed and delayed and delayed. And I think in the eyes of many people, that PlayStation Plus inclusion of Demon Souls... Um, was exactly what it needed in order to keep the servers up and running for uh, for a good while longer, and they still are to this day, which is which is great because we'll come on to the online side of things. Uh, but but certainly once those servers are no longer available, um, that's going to take a, a large portion of the experience away from, from players who, who come to the game after that. So, but well,
2: when when Atlas first announced that they were they were taking the the servers down. I was absolutely heartbroken. I, I genuinely teared up, and I just thought, "There's this game that's incredibly special to, to me, and I, I, I've taken for granted that aspect of it." And uh, you know, I'm not really a, a, an online player, and particularly wasn't then. I was, I was, you know, playing playing was playing video games was very much a, a story and sort of a solitary thing. Um, mm. But it just seemed like this this huge part of of a game that i loved was was then going to be relegated to to memory and atlas uh had this let's all have one final swing at at, at demon souls um and gave a gave a date that everything was going to be shut off and i think the return to demon souls was so huge that they um and i think they got a lot of people on their uh on their sort of mail outs as a result and yeah. That they they kept it going, which was yeah. which was great. But it it broke my heart, I must admit, it? It surprised <laughs> me to yeah. to the degree it did.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking of this game without the the servers and the fact they are dedicated servers makes a difference, uh, definitely. Um, we're about to, uh, to see a forum comment that, that does compare and contrast Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Um, as much as, as we're going to this episode, because obviously uh, this podcast is focusing on Demon Souls, but it's tough to think of one without the other, and one of the big differences is the way that the servers handle you know, I think pretty much unanimously um, it's considered that the Demon Souls online is just more robust and more stable and therefore, you know is much more visible than it, it is in Dark Souls and certainly at launch, Dark Souls had some problems in that respect um so, uh, in, in uh, to that end, Sean, would you like to read uh, woodfellow's comment, please? Woodfellow says, "I came to Demon
3: Souls knowing absolutely nothing about it. It was this weird Japanese oddity that appeared in my house one day. My brother had ordered it after reading about it. It's so rare these days that you go into a game completely blind. I did soul with Demon Souls, and it blew my tiny mind. I wrestle with over which I prefer all the time. Demons are dark. Normally, when I say demons, I'm made out to be some contrarian." but people who don't understand that choice invariably play Dark first. Demons is weirder, every er- every area is unrelentingly bleak and also beautifully designed, with lots of different interconnecting pathways and secrets to find. Demons is special to me because it was first. It was new. It was a revolutionary one. Throughout, there was this overbearing sense of dread and fear. You were alone in a horribly bleak world. The enemies were punishing and surprising. I'll never forget the first time that message flashed up at the bottom of the screen when I was confronted by a black phantom... Toting a large spiky bat. These feelings were slightly diminished when playing Dark Souls, even with the huge amazing world it plunked you in. Dark Souls is the better game, but Demon Souls will always hold a special place in my heart.
0: Uh, yeah, just uh, interesting, I think, to, to see the, the comparison there. Um, I think for any fans of both of these games, it's always a, a bit of push and pull because the games seem very similar in many ways and quite different in others. Um, I thought it was worth having this here because obviously this podcast we've already done uh, an issue on dark souls and please do if you haven't heard it go back and 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 listen to that one i will um, say
1: it's excellent so you should do that now
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it is excellent and you definitely should um, but obviously we we've covered the games in reverse order and what i what i want to try and avoid is is drawing too many comparisons because it would be easy to go point through point of all the game's different aspects and just compare them to Dark Souls um, and that's not how for all of us I think played Demon Souls first and therefore that's not how we experienced the game so um, Woodfell uh, I think Spoke certainly to how I feel about it in the push and pull of which is better and for what reasons, etc. But um, when we're when we're talking about the game, I think it's it's important not to always think of one in terms of the other, although it's difficult sometimes not to.
2: I think they're, they're more apples and oranges than than people give them credit for. And yeah. I I know with regards to a a, a potential sequel to to Demon Souls, a few people have gone well this this Dark Souls, and I I don't think they realize the connection that some of us have with Boletaria um and yeah. I you know I, I see them as very different places and I mm-hmm. ad- ad- adore them both I, I so want to return to Boletaria I can't even begin to tell
0: you that much <laughs> we'll get on to uh on to that uh in in a little bit later and we're going to cover that exact topic um For now, uh, we're going to get into the game. Obviously, we need to say there will be spoilers. Demon's Souls is not a game that's heavy on um, direct plot. Certainly, there's a lot to be found there. Um, There's a lot to discover, and there's a lot of interpretation needed to try and make sense of some of it. Some of the information you're given is contradictory. Some of it doesn't really give you much to go on. But we are going to be talking about things that happen in the game, the story, our opinions of it, which may which may spoil things if you haven't played the game, so obviously bear that in mind. But the first thing that um, that I noticed when I, I put the disc into my PS3 is, um, obviously some games, they, they come up with the icon, the the picture that it gives you, and and then the background changes and you get some music, and the music definitely uh, I noticed, but then when you start the game, you get this wonderful intro uh, sort of trailer, I guess, Um that plays as an attract mode if you leave it sat on the menu long enough, it goes through this i guess about three minute uh, cutscene which which is just i think fantastic it it hints at a lot of what goes on in the game without just being gameplay footage it's clearly uh, almost like the idea they had put into a trailer for it's for the proof game. of
2: concept isn't it It's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. wonderful um unnerving car horn tr- uh, trumpets that that play throughout and it's ah oh, it's it's genuinely unsettling but yeah it's uh, it's it's hard not to the th- i remember the first time i saw, i saw that that track sequence i i just stared at it <laughs> and 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 sort of listened and it was just and the the way the music draws you in and the actions there it just it just screams like you want i want to go to there it's uh, <laughs> It
4: was a yeah, uh, moment.
3: The, the one thing that bothers me about it, though, is at the very end you get a shot of the dragon god popping up. Yeah. And it's a totally different sequence than what actually happens in the game. And I remember when I saw yeah. the attract sequence for the first time and saw that ending shot, I was like, oh, my God, that is terrifying. Yeah. I don't ever want to see that thing. And then, you know, we'll talk about it later, but when you get to that boss, it's one of the easiest bosses in the game. And, and it's presented <laughs> not, very differently. Uh,
1: it's yeah. not one of the easiest bosses in the game if you beat the tutorial
2: well yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think there's a there's a degree though with with demon souls, and this was something that i was I was pondering on uh this week before the podcast that it feels like a world where so much has gone on before you've even arrived um, yeah, and definitely. you know I, I i i know i'm I'm down to to talk about shrine of storms a little bit later on but i as i was as I was wondering through there the other day there's a, a there's this sort of coastal rampart near the sea that's been devastated and there's a part where there's this huge hole in the ground that's been punched through the ground itself (laughs) and into uh the the little tunnels that 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 run underneath and those lead to little skeletons and that sort of stuff but i started thinking what punched that hole in the ground Mm -hmm. And then I started (laughs) wondering about the dragon God and then thinking how the dragon God is secured. And my mind started tumbling over all the things that potentially might have happened before we even gotten there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that led me into loving the game a bit more because my head was just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, but there's this thing. Oh, and don't mm-hmm. forget that, and I'll draw that comparison. So, so yeah, I I I wonder if uh, that sequence pertaining to the Dragon God is mm. a little snippet of the world before, yeah. you know, when the when the fog first hit and the yeah. and the yeah. and the world fell.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: it's uh, as you see, it's. Um
0: it's 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 displaying concepts and ideas, but yeah, I think the there's several aspects of it really which don't necessarily reflect um, how you play the game. Um, they're more like uh, Metal Gear cutscenes to Metal Gear gameplay, which uh, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. But you know, the the scene uh, obviously where you're you're fighting off uh, a large number of. Um, of draglings, Well, you generally in the game aren't ever going to yeah. fight that number of draglings and you couldn't because they'd wipe the floor with you. And then, um, you know, you get hit from, f- blindsided by... Uh, it's a, a giant skeleton, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, in in the attract mode sequence, and and that doesn't ever really happen in the air, the, the dragon god um, scene, but it's it's all concepts of the game, so it gives Sorry, you an idea. Okay. I seem to um, remember that skeleton point, yeah.
1: comes from the Shredder storms because does it not try to ram the guy through with its blade, kind of like dumping it on him like a shield?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does definitely. And
2: yeah, isn't the, de- isn't the character that's displayed? Um, the guy that turns up, the royal that turns up in the Boletarian well, Strava, Palace. So he could also known yeah. as the
1: world's most worthless man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so who, who sits wonderfully on a beam, might I add? But yeah. it, couldn't couldn't that again lead towards a, a battle that's set before? Um, that yes, yeah, certainly there.
0: could do. Yeah, because
2: yeah. He, at, the, at the point where you encounter uh, a Stravarin. In one one, he's actually looking over at a group of enemies that he mm-hmm. that he thinks are too tough for him. So maybe he learned his lesson from that. Well, uh, he's he's from very that definitely battle. a
0: broken man at that point, isn't he? Yeah.
2: Well, he's a, he's a royal, all, all sort of shiny armor, and I wonder how much pluck is there rather than uh, doing daddy's will or <laughs> uh, sort of a, a lily-livered man that's uh, that's encountering Bombast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's interesting. Uh, my most recent playthrough, he actually died to the um Died to the knight just round the corner. There's yeah, a, a blue-eyed knight. I believe. You he, have
1: to do some incredible shepherding to keep that guy alive, and he still yeah. dies in the end. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but doesn't he drop something that's rather,
1: yeah, it, rather
2: it it stuff, The rune shield, and the stuff. mausoleum
0: key. Yeah,
1: key. yeah. Well, you uh, would
0: get from him at the end of of his quest line anyway, but you can get it early. So if, if he does die, it's not the end of the world. But you miss out on a couple of. Uh, gifts that he gives for helping him through. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think
1: the best one he gets is like, is it pure Bladestone or yeah. something along those lines? Yeah, stone, I the think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So, uh, what what that attract mode sequence, that cutscene does introduce you to, as I already mentioned, is the music. Um, I, I've said before that sometimes I'm on podcasts here where people are lauding music in games and, and it kind of passed me by. There is no way this music could pass you by i don't think um cj you've already referred to the the discordant horns and strings that comprise this really off kilter unnerving soundtrack i think but it's it's equally uh mesmerizing in some cases that it's it can be quite melodic and it can play very very quietly and just start to evoke and pull out emotions um and and start to really play with your fears and and um your excitement and how qu- quickly you want to try and beat a, a, a boss fight because of the the music and playing and, and that kind of thing. See, yeah. the
1: Nexus is one of the coolest mm. hub areas in gaming, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of that <laughs> is solely down to the music. It's got beautiful yeah. visual design, mm. but without that music underpinning it, it wouldn't be half as effective as it actually is.
2: Mm. Well, for yeah. a, for a world that that sort of swathes itself in in so much. Silence and the, uh, part of playing the game is attuning yourself to the way the wind moves through the brickwork and uh, listening for, for any murmurs that might be around <laughs> dark corners and stuff. When the music does kick in, it's a genuine character in the game, <coughs> in of itself, and an yeah. important one. Yeah. Because just to have that burst of panic um, and the, the off-kilter feel to a lot of the compositions uh, it throws you emotionally off off, off guard even before you, you see the beast that's about to uh, fling something heavy at you.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so. So uh, music arranged and composed by Shinsuke Kida. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but um, it was, uh, I believe the soundtrack was available in the US first of all, but then became widely available when it was included with the um, the European uh, release, the Black Phantom Edition. Um, and it, it, one of my favourite soundtracks. Um, it's, a, it's a weird soundtrack to listen to on its own because it's not, it's not typically uh, the sort of music I think you would listen to necessarily as, as music to enjoy, but it does evoke uh, just each area of the game and each boss. Uh, just incredible.
2: With both that uh, and, uh, and the soundtrack to Dark, though, you can listen to them and you can go, oh, that's that point in the game. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not as if a, a soundtrack flows and uh, it, it just seems one as a whole. You can remember your own personal individual battles or the, the enemies that you face there without looking at a track mm-hmm. listing. And, mm-hmm. and that's, 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 a, that's a, a true composition that's, that's, that's matched perfectly to, to your own adventure in the game.
4: That's
1: a time I fell in a hole while I was running away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, uh, any particular standout pieces, uh, Sean? Uh, anything that, that uh, strikes you For the
3: Yeah, for me, it's, it's um, the character creation music and the character selection music. Mm. That's so creepy. Yeah. That <laughs> uh, it It's so unsettling, and it's the first thing you hear every time you pop in, if you skip that track sequence. But yeah, it's just it's uh, all of it's yeah. just uh, generally generally I would describe the soundtrack as just terrifying. Like it's always scary. <laughs> it's never like yeah. nice. Like yeah. like, like uh, you know, here we go, Dark Souls. But the Firelink Shrine music is really pretty, you know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it, pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's nothing in <laughs> Demon's Souls that's kind of like that. It's just always creepy or I just That's the harrowing. Nexus was
1: quite relaxing.
3: Well, for, I guess until you get to the last second half of the game when it starts getting r- real churchy and uh heavy organs and stuff. Yeah, that's,
2: that's almost like the game's lulling you into a false sense of security. And then when that does kick in, when the sort of the end of the world, sort of, <laughs> yeah. church organs sort of blare on through, you're like, what's a part of you sort of, what's going on? And the other half yeah. of you sort of like, I must be near there. <laughs> I must be near the end. But there's a big hole in the floor. Where's the, <laughs> and, what's, and people yeah. are dying.
0: No, the, the the nexus is is obviously the equivalent to to uh, a safe place, if you mm-hmm. like, a, a a home or a house you can go back to, etc. That you would have in say an Elder Scrolls or or that kind of thing. But um, yeah, you realise as you as you move around it that it's. Uh, it's designed. the The layout of it is fantastic, mm-hmm. um, but but it's also very functional. And what you start to realize is that you know there are all these statues and um, and what they might be, what they might mean, they represent. I think it, probably the maidens who protected the the nexus. And,
1: it is a really nice place. Apart from the mound of corpses in the upper levels.
0: Well, that's the other thing I was mm. going to next say is all the dead, basically children, yeah. sitting up there. The monumentals, I mean, um, which, which is not.
1: The monumental doesn't seem bothered at all, you know. Like, I mean, no, no. <laughs> that place must be reeking by now, you know. And he's just sitting <laughs> out of his little candle, and he's like, "Hey, how are you doing?"
0: He, uh, was... he... Sorry, go on, CJ.
2: No, there's there's, there's something uh, within the uh, the artwork that's between the, the loading levels, and you look at the um, the monumental on that, and it just looks like a little wooden boy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, once again, yeah, it, it just seems like this hollow toy with a spirit and especially within the fact that uh, you don't ever see the, the lips move, you just told the story by the mon- monumental of a world falling Here's there's a question a, There's a desperate echo to that which is, which is chilling yeah.
1: I've got a question here, okay? I remember that one time that I was talking to the, the Maiden in Black just uh, mm-hmm. getting my get my uh, soul level up and I accidentally put down the controller and it leaned on RQ <laughs> Right, so, yep. I stabbed her in the face,
0: yeah. she collapses to and the she ground. she got back up and, and apologised?
1: She just gets straight back up and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't die. And I'm like, no, look, that was my fault, okay? <laughs> this is not you, that, that was me. Okay? I'm sorry. It's
0: crushing that she apologises, isn't it? Yeah, it's hmm. like she she realizes what she is doing to all of these warriors she's trapping in the Nexus and that they potentially hate her for for what she's done to them uh, in, in service of trying to lull the old one back into slumber. Yeah, th- um, and yeah, so she's got to the point, obviously, where she realises that she has to apologise to them. No, um, uh,
1: not, not after what I just did, she doesn't. Okay? <laughs> well, exactly, th- and that's, is, like, that's the weird thing. Most of the thing, other yeah. NPCs in there can be mutilated if you this uh, the desire yeah. struck you. Yeah. But I never tried to kill the Monumental. I was just wondering mm. if any of you guys ever did.
3: Yeah. Yeah, if you if you attack him, he kind of just has a little cute little giggle. And that's <laughs> oh it. man. He doesn't really say anything; <laughs> he just perfect. goes like that. <laughs> so
2: I, I I always wonder about the 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 fate of the maiden in black as well, and and with this within this this vast cathedral that the, that the nexus is, and there's the, that wonderful way that it introduces you to it with the with the slight rushing of wind when you when you when you join there. I wonder if if some of those um, those blood stains on the, on the floor of it are. are of someone that's been forced into that role that's maybe tried to end herself and that that's the reason why she she knows that she cannot die. Um, and the apologies as much to to you as to herself. A tragic yeah, character. I mean, um, it,
0: it, she is obviously tied to the old one and it, it's her role to to keep the old one in a state of slumber, um, the old one being one of the ancient demons, or I guess the the first demon that it mentions in the intro, um, that that was created on the second day, a devourer of souls, um, and and she is bound to it. Uh, she is bound to, to keep it uh, trapped, um, and and so when it is awoken, she is is brought to the nexus and and tasked with finding someone who can who can set the world right but uh, the monumental I I find quite interesting because obviously the, the idea of a child who has a destiny to to save the world is quite a a typical cliche um but in this case, obviously, the, the monumental is very passive in that respect, mm-hmm. um, and and quite emotionless. Really, he's going to save um, the world
1: by chilling with his dead friends and never bother getting <laughs> off his ass.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, which is is very atypical compared to the child with the the destiny and the burden, and and who has to go through loss and suffering and and find he's themselves in order to save job. the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this monumental sits there as as the wide i 'll try that one again. The monumental sits there as this um, sort of worldwide wise um, old soul who is who has to uh, give you the task, but seems very un unaffected by what 's going on in the world really um, but for all
2: those candles blown out and i 'm yeah. wondering if 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 those those souls and those children were there to to keep the nexus anonymous and and, and beyond the reach of, the, of of the fog and the world above, and to see all of those those friends or those those strangers just just ended one by one by one by no. one until there was just that one candle burning left is a another another unspoken tragedy in the in in that world. I, I think mm. he's
1: maybe the monumental was the last one to drink the Kool <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everyone else did, and he sat there and said, "Oh well, I went." Yeah. yeah um so we 've kind of uh, got to uh got onto the the nexus, but before you get there there 's the tutorial sequence which Certainly when I played it, it it was unlike any tutorial sequence I'd played because I'd kind of got used to the I guess what I think of as um as the Gears of War tutorial sequence mm-hmm. which is yeah. yes you can skip the tutorial but generally you're going to have to go through and it's going to tell you and force you to do all these things that you need to do to mm-hmm. you need to learn to get on with the game um whereas with uh, with Demon Souls you're put in this little microcosm of of the world, um, and there are instructions on the floor, but it's mostly entirely optional as to whether or not you see them. Um, And I love the fact that one of the aspects of the online is that you see um, Wisp, almost uh, ghost characters, um, of other players running around, and From very cleverly used that aspect of the online to disguise tutorials in plain sight um there are phantoms in the world um who will always be there and they are pre programmed to be there to show you uh where to go or to pull a lever or to you know the things that you have to do to move on in the game. But obviously to to the player's eye, that's just they happen to be seeing another player do that at that point. Um which I thought was was really clever and a nice way of of hiding that stuff in within the game's mechanics rather than pulling you out and you know stopping the gameplay and saying you must press x to do this or you mm. must you know so the, the tutorial uh, takes you through several enemies, uh, some of them more difficult. Um, one of the... I think they are... I think they're blue-eye knights in mm-hmm. in the, in yeah. the yeah. Uh, tutorial. Uh, one of them uh, actually behaves quite differently because the prompt that you've had on the floor, uh, the messages that you get, uh, one of the tutorial ones tells you that um, in order to break a block, you need to to either do a flurry of combos or maybe to two-hand your weapon. Um and so one of the the knights actually has their ai set changed it seems certainly every time i get to him um he plays much like a player would and turtles behind the shield mm-hmm. uh, much more so than is natural for that character's uh character type to do um so again subtle ways of changing it that you don't necessarily notice until you've maybe played through the game a couple of times and you see that knight behaving quite atypically um uh, and uh, and as you're going through, it introduces you to the archstones. You have to uh, to to visit an archstone to move on through the the world, and then brings you out to the the vanguard demon. Um, did anyone not die first time at the Vanguard
2: Demon? No, I die always die at the Vanguard Demon. Even when I'm like when I'm starting a new game, I'm like, yeah, I'll twat him this time, but I, I always die at the Vanguard Demon.
0: Um, certainly first time I did. The second time round I played it just recently, um, I was I, I went in forewarned, and, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, with, with a lot more experience behind me of these games, um, it, he's actually really easy just yeah. to kite round and to keep hitting. Uh, if you're two-handing just your standard weapon, uh, it takes a while, but you you can do it fairly straightforwardly.
1: It should be noted that you can't actually die in the tutorial right up to this point. Right, really? That boss, is oh. the first enemy that can kill you in the tutorial. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know that. That's, that's interesting. Never knew <laughs> that. Never tried. So, so yeah. what happens um, if if your health is whittled down to zero up to that point? Uh, it
1: stays at zero. You just uh, continue your It, it
0: on just stays slightly above zero. Yeah, uh, interesting. So, uh, Darren, you alluded to the fact that um, even if you do beat the Vanguard Demon, um, you uh, you're then uh, given an opportunity to go to a later section of the game. Uh, you get a few extra items, mostly soul and upgrade uh, weapon upgrade items, yeah. um, and the boss and, and then you are treated to a, a cutscene where you inescapably die. So, even if you do avoid death at the first hurdle, um, it it still teaches you that lesson that you're going to die just in a slightly less um, poetic manner. way because obviously uh, control is wrested mm-hmm. from you In a
1: what happens there if you beat the tutorial is that you're teleported to the end of Stonefang Tunnels you meet the Dragon God and then he punches you clean through a wall <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got yeah. no way of avoiding it it is an no. ent- entirely done by cutscene and strangely enough although it says you died your health is still full
0: yeah yeah so I think that's that's kind of the aspect of the tutorial that's weakest for me because it does almost step outside of its own rules uh the game um, in order to teach you that lesson it's trying to teach you um, but for most players, they're not going to beat the Vanguard demon first time round, mm. so they would they would have that lesson anyway. so <clears throat> I think there could be a neater way to do that um, I think, I think
1: it would have been better if instead of saying you died, it should have come up nice try.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. Although possibly again, that might have uh, broken the immersion a little bit, <laughs> yeah.
1: along with your body.
0: <laughs> so uh, we we are uh, we're going to swiftly move on. Uh, what I'd like to do when we're just dis- we're going to go on to discuss the other areas that you get to after you've been through the tutorial and, and to the Nexus for the first time. Um, and what we're going to do is we really can't go through every single yeah. area in <laughs> in detail. Um, if you if you are interested in that sort of thing uh, i will gladly point you in the direction of uh, first of all twin humanities podcast uh, who, who uh have gone into much more detail on each of the games obviously being a podcast about the souls games um uh, and also to bonfire side chat two podcasts that that take uh, a much closer look at, at these games um so what, what we're going to do is for Boletarian Palace we're going to talk about overall impressions and things we things we remember about that area and then each of us in turn is going to uh, to to do a similar summary for the the other four areas that we visit. Um so uh, open floor Boletarian Palace, it's it's quite the opening to the game once the tutorial's out of the way, I would Executioner say.
1: Execution Armoralda's corner of fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there should be a T shirt with that on. I can
1: find one. <laughs> it totally should. I mean, I love that on. She's got, like, what, possibly two lines in the entire game, depending on how you approach it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah.
1: That, just that one small segment of Boletaria Palace, which you can only access in uh, Pure White Tendency, which we'll probably go into later, that one section is just shows how amazingly brutal this world is.
4: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, pure white or pure black, but obviously pure white's the more likely once you've defeated yeah, a couple of the, uh, the bosses, version. it tends to... Um, I, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if that
1: one actually speaks or not.
0: I don't think the black phantoms do. I think it's yeah. only the, the body form Um, And I'm pretty sure sure only they, they do, can yeah.
1: like, really acknowledge your presence if you're in human form at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it's Basically, this it, corner of the world
1: is a gibbet. <laughs> It is an execution corner Execution of Meralda obviously Where all her victims have been mm. Offed and slung Into a nearby pit, which is where you actually Meet her. There's mm. a mound Of corpses basically Plugging up this tower So it, yeah. you can just tell exactly what's been happening here She's been slaughtering her victims And just throwing them down a hole If you look at the, the, the Inside of the tower, almost as soon As you go in, there's just a small slope with a blood stain just spreading down and like plummeting off the side, and eventually you'll want to yeah. go down there because if you go down there, you'll get a set of brushwood armor, which is the heaviest armor in the game, and the first colorless demon soul that I, I believe it's actually possible to get.
2: I think one of my one of my first memories of, of Bolitarian Palace, not just the scale of the thing and and you know looking up at it as if I was there, but um, encountering one of those first ghouls and them doing that attack where it's like I'm going to hit you with everything I've got. I'm going to hit you with everything. <laughs> oh, <I'm> knackered now. <laughs> and, and, and that was this, this just a real kind of like <sighs> <laughs> and and almost like this this real dark comedy about it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, as the as the level goes on and and sort of tying again to it. it, it it feeling like you're caught in a moment of time, where you've got you've got those sort of undead ghouls that are all over the place, but you've also got regular soldiers. And mm. I wonder if those soldiers that um, will throw, throw fire bombs at you and will come at you with with, with spears and the like, don't really clash you, uh, really you as someone that's don't really clash uh, you as someone that's that's out to kill them per se. That you could be any of the other lot that are just mm. coming up those stairs and that these are these are these are soldiers that have been separated that are terrified and just want to end anything I've, that might come near them.
1: I have to admit I've never had that feeling because I felt that everyone in Boletaria has been soul starved. You know, they're mm. just yeah. husks basically even though they outwardly look entirely normal.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um so Sean yeah. Memories of Boletarian Palace the
3: red eyed knight. Oh yeah, God! Like yeah. the first time you come up on him, I'm I'm sure we all had the same thing where like you you come up and there's just this long hallway and he's at the very end staring at you. And every time I play it, the only message sitting there is "Don't come here until later," <laughs> or, or uh, "Unexperienced players walk away now" or yeah. something like that. And uh, so I saw that and I was like, ah, I'm just gonna try it anyway. So I walk <laughs> up to him and he just charges at you and just thrusts yeah. that spear right through you and done like one hit. And it's, oh man, it's yeah. just such a Vivid memory in my mind of going like, well, okay, that's yeah. what this game is. Okay, all right.
2: because <laughs> I, I, I had, I had um, a, a trouble initially with the blue ones. I mean, I know mm-hmm. they're they're a piece of cake now, but they terrified me. Um, yeah. And I'm sure when I first got rid of that, that red-eyed knight, there was this degree of kind of Monty Python of, of making him chase me. And yeah. then sort of, yeah. al- almost like this cartoon sort of on tiptoes, like, throw some magic, run away, <laughs> run all the way to the other side of Boletaria, um And then sort of run back and try and try and lull him into it again. Mm. Um, so- I had
1: pretty much the same kind of initial impression. And uh, that's exactly what I did. Because what I did was I lured him into the kind of the little watchtower uh, stairwell. Yeah. yeah. And then pulled them off the side so that I didn't actually yes. have to attack yeah. mm-hmm. the
0: guy. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it takes a lot of, uh, of sort of attention to mm-hmm. to pull him all that way. Um, but uh, it's actually quite a common farming spot for any characters who have um, magic because in. Th- Five or six hits probably early on in the game, you can defeat him just by wearing the thief's ring and getting close enough to, to lock on and hit him and then running away. Mm-hmm. Um and at that point he's so a, a run from the archstone round to him and back nets you about three thousand souls, which for the first probably third of the game, three thousand souls is, is sizable. Yeah. Um But but obviously it's it's just at that point grinding souls, which is it gets dull very fast if if you start doing that too much i like um, the
2: i like the point with with Boletarian palace that it, there doesn't seem like a correct way to go that everything mm. connects mm. and there's there's yeah. you, you know you, yeah. you you go across the top ramparts you go down further below you, there's there's this hidden sort of hallways that are, that are hiding more of the blue eyed knights and there's a yeah. there's a real feeling of being lost and i think i, I love that
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does feel like you're sort of scrambling your way through this uh this castle's defenses to get to obviously uh, King Alant at the at the center of it all who's uh, who's there uh pulling all the strings. Um yeah, I I think just roaming through that area and uh, discovering and, and the fact that the second half of Bolterian Palace is is almost entirely this chase after um <laughs> after oh, one of the yeah. um, fat that something the, Fat controllers. I'm going to call them. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who is constantly tempting you and taunting you <laughs> and, and playing with you? Um, and, and yeah, those those characters really typify Demon Souls to me. Mm-hmm. They're just really disturbing in in the way that these many adjudicators and they have that that just maniacal laugh, that mm-hmm. really unhinged laugh and, and way of moving. I believe that actual um, name
1: is just Fat Official, by the way.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I refer to them as Fat Controller because they remind me of the Fat Controller from Thomas the Tank Engine. But yeah, <laughs> the Fat Official, and um, when you can go and rescue uh, Uria by wearing with her hat, mm-hmm. and if you speak to her before you've taken it off, the response is actually really—it's gross, really unnerving. Yeah, yeah just the—you know—I think she says, "Do with me as you will." Right, and it's just yeah. you know the the broken spirit of her in the face of these. Abominable enemies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bolitarian Palace is all about those guys for me. Even though that they're actually more numerous and uh, in in Stonefang Tunnel, mm-hmm. Tunnel really, I think. Um, but yeah, they they really typify it. It's just that that whole demeanour of this castle just breaking under the strain of the madness that it's containing. Um, and, and you look out over the views and there's a sign saying great view, but it's through a broken bit of wall, you know, this mm-hmm. castle rampart just hanging apart. Um, yeah. Very, very striking. Uh, and very much the world I think of when I think of, of Demon Souls, I think probably mm-hmm. because it's the first world you go to and it's the one you revisit more times than any other. Uh, there being four bosses plus two dragons to defeat there. So <laughs> um, on the way, down through another shortcut which is just wonderful when you open that gate and realize you're back at the start of the yeah. level and you've done a whole loop um to get back there it's uh, it's it's quite wonderful level design that i think the only game i'd seen it in at the time to, to this such a great degree was uh, eco where you could look from one part of the the castle to another and see where you'd been or where you were going to go um and and similar here all right well um uh, Volatarian Palace, not exactly explored in detail, but uh, yeah, we've managed to to talk about introducing yourself to the game via uh, what is a a very long uh, section of of castle and and great views and ramparts and lots of different nooks and crannies to explore. And Um, not
1: letting you level up until you finish it.
0: And not letting you level up till you finish the first the first run-through, which on New Game Plus mm-hmm. is fun, because you're doing it with about 200,000 souls that you're <laughs> terrified of losing. But generally, actually, you can probably still kill most of the regular enemies in one hit at that point. It's later that it becomes a problem. Um, so one, you go from uh, Bolitarian Palace, and, and the first the first introduction to um, Stonefang Tunnel is, is kind of similar. You come up, and, and there's a bridge and, and large open view, and you're in a mountain range but you very quickly sense it's something different this mm. is instead of the uh, the rich and once affluent castle that is the eyes and ears and brain if you like of of um of the world stonefang tunnel is deep and dark and it promises all these treasures but it will slap you back down (laughs) if if you're not being careful and so easy to get lost it's Mm -hmm. it's the it's the industry it's where all of the the riches of the world come from um and you realise it is so many different things. Uh, it's a prison and also a shrine to the dragon god. Um, it, it, it is uh, a mining town where the miners have become completely uh, taken by their their need for souls uh, to the point where some will attack you, others are, are defeated and just and just almost haphazardly continuing to mine uh, mm-hmm. mine the walls um and yeah this very bizarre winding world um that that is is just almost a complete counterpoint to boletarian palace and the way it looks the way it feels uh in the way that the dangers present themselves um the these miners seem quite harmless but when they come at you with a pickaxe if you don't have that shield up they will take you out in mm. a couple of swings it's uh, incredibly hard hitting um and then the you get to the the um the the bug enemies that are almost indestructible frankly <laughs> yeah I, i've yet to find a weapon that will take those out effectively i don't mm. think there is one i think it's just chip damage all the way through um and yeah i um, i found myself second playthrough getting lost at one point and finding two black phantoms followed by an entire <laughs> pit full of goodies that was a reward but it would have been so easy to fall at those uh, black phantoms so mm-hmm. uh, yeah
2: the denizens of the world there almost seem like they're they're forged in clay mm-hmm. just
0: the the scaling effect that uh, blacksmith ed it is Ed who's there in Baldwin. It's in the Nexus. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, he has this scaling effect on him. It's almost like they've started to become stone themselves. They've yeah, been yeah. there so long. Yeah, yeah, very, very strikingly different. And then you've, of course, got the salamanders who are on fire, mm-hmm. and and that. That notion of of getting close to the enemy, waiting for them to hit you and then striking them, it, it quickly becomes problematic because they're on fire; they will hurt you. So, yeah, different different well, the challenges. They throw you
2: different different variations of the of, of the, the the sort of regular enemy uh, as the as the level goes on. Because some of them seem quite apathetic to you and will mm. just mine unless attacked. Others will yeah. wander over and and have a pop at you. Then you've got the uh, the dogs that will run at you. And you know your hidden fat controllers, if you will, but yeah. those mm. those those standing enemies will have those red hot pokers later on. Yeah, others yeah. will try and lob rocks at you, and it's it's difficult to judge what level of intelligence or or, or what kind of drone they are until you you're nearby, and it's, it is quite fearsome when you see all of those enemies with the pokers for the first time. <laughs> you're like, ooh, words got round. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So Stonefang Tunnel, uh, I guess I'll I'll just summarise the, my last thoughts before we move on to, to Darren and Tower of Latria. Um, the Dragon God seemed like quite a letdown when I mm-hmm. fought him. Um, it seemed quite a cheap boss until you realised you just run forward, hack at the stone, run back, yeah. get out of the way of his fire and, and hand. Uh, slamming down and then it's just push button to kill mm-hmm. um, w- which is, is very disappointing but before that Flame Lurker still yes. one of my favourite uh, bosses to fight um, magic damage is the key to him and mm-hmm. actually if you're careful and judicious about picking your time to to, he- to, to hit and heal um, not that tough but first time you fight him wow that's, <laughs> that's a heck of a boss to try and beat um,
2: I had yeah. the cartoon run around a a, a pair of giant ribs where I was just sort of running around, stabbing him in the backside, then running around the other side, <laughs> yeah. and waiting till he was a little further round one end than the other, um, and there was this almost—you could have set Benny Hill music to it, kind of like—but the, the the difference with it, it um, when you go into uh, two-two is is just how long it is to get from uh, the 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 sort of point where you, we you spawn in on it and. To get to to the enemy, because it, you know it's not like Dark Souls where you can get to a bonfire, you can sit down and at least have a a little bit of uh, of, of salve and get your breath again. Mm. Yeah. It's a very winding, twisting, turning run to get down there, and full of you know, those massive bear bugs or or a sod to to, <laughs> to try and get rid of, and it's quite confusing as well. It it it, um, it it really sort of twists the psyche a little bit to try and remember how to get through to. Uh, um, the enemy, but once, and it, and if you die sort of nearby or even to him, I'd would say it's it's quite a journey to get back.
3: Well, there is a <coughs> jump down the pitch. That's why I always did. It, yeah, yeah. If yep. you take to the right when you go in there, and you get to the very end, you just kind of take a bunch of jumps all the way down, and it'll take you almost right in front of the uh, flame lurker. Yeah. I still can't do careful. that.
2: I still yeah. die yeah, every you gotta time. Be careful
0: every time. Yeah, no, my first playthrough I never did anything but that. Uh, it took me a bunch of tries to beat Flame Lurker, but yeah, I just hopped down there every time.
1: And then Scare us there, depending on the tendency.
0: Yes, yeah. The Wanderer. <laughs> uh, yeah, tendency outside of Boletarian Palace was never something I could successfully uh, negotiate, but we're going to come on to that a bit later. So, uh, time is marching on. Darren, would you like to tell us about the Tower of Latria?
1: Certainly. The Tower of Ladria is a dark, dingy place filled with the poor souls that have been cast away into a life of eternal imprisonment and torture. <laughs> we weird, squid-headed wardens waddling around keeping the man check. It's basically like the academy that I used to attend when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> also, the layout of this place is confusing as all hell, and it's incredibly <laughs> dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The amount of times that I've went into this stage and then been unable to find my way forward... Yes. Even having done it multiple times previously, mm-hmm. is staggering, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that I am either completely stupid, <laughs> or this place is just incredibly deviously designed.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's you know more that little too. little doorway in the wall that leads you further down into yes, uh, must, yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. a I steps, that yeah. time after time <laughs> after time, <laughs> yeah. and then it was like, oh, you fool!
3: Yeah, that's yeah. the thing.
1: I mean, it's right yeah. between staircases that you would be running down or up. Right, anyway, right? yeah, it's just,
0: yep. yeah.
3: Yeah, this place is also full. Yeah, yeah, this place it seems to be more full of traps than anywhere else too. Yeah, like there's way more pits you can fall through, and there's those um, iron maiden that you can open up that sometimes have, <laughs> you know, a nice little thing in there for you to grab a royal lotus or something, and sometimes have a dude who will stab
2: you and poison you immediately.
3: It's just, <laughs> stuff that contrasts like that with brilliant. the enemies
2: that just want to die as well. Yeah, that just yeah. run up to you and yeah. and sort of. I mean, even even the the comedy of knowing that they kind of do their best Blakey from on the bus isn't like me I'll get you Butler. <laughs> um it, it still doesn't matter because they, they they're still they, it it's a le- it's a level that throws you off kilter again mm-hmm, yeah. um and once you get outside and you see that there's a giant spider web hanging over the uh, the top of it it's like mm. what <laughs> it's well, just the, even um, more
0: oppressing the imprisoned queen refers to that when she says there's this promise that if you get out you you can you can escape to a new life, but obviously the spider's web there shows you that even outside of the prison, um, this is this entire world is a caged heart. Is mm-hmm. exactly what it is, and it's right there in the middle. The, the heartbeat and and the fact you have to cut the heart down in uh, in the second um, <laughs> second level. It is a caged heart, and nothing will escape. Um, mm-hmm. That spider's web over the top no idea where it comes from but it's a sure sign that even if you get out of the prison you are you are food for something else um, <laughs> well, do you think that no counts for it, those it, kind
2: yeah. of scorpion type creatures with with multiple faces on there that they <laughs> yeah, just kind of just mutilated bizarre. escaped prisoners mm. <laughs> i mean it's it's one of those levels where silence is so daunting and mm. then you hear that ting
3: oh, yeah oh yeah mm. the cthulhu guys <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, the mind flayers, especially
0: the mm-hmm. black phantom ones that yeah. you've got to go past to get up to the old monk. The number of times I'd be told someone had invaded as the old monk, <laughs> and then I'd never get to them because those black phantoms <laughs> yeah, they will wipe the floor with mm-hmm. you. Um you ha- you kind of have to take them out with a ranged attack and getting that lock on stuff.
1: Also, I really appreciated the sound design that went into those demented shrieks that occasionally echo throughout the prison. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, you have got you've you've even got that kind of
4: yeah, oh, oh, the Queen,
2: yeah. and it's just, it, even even the fact that it's just those two notes over oh, and I over. it's really me. unsettling.
1: I thought that was me when I was doing that. Trying, just trying to <laughs> do that. I don't know about you, you start harmonising with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, it's, I am mean, pretty sure that comes it, it, exclusively from
0: the the former Queen. She's in there as well. Yes, yeah, she's mm-hmm. singing because when you go and speak to her, it stops and then it, it yeah. starts back up again. Yeah, this
2: yeah. There's this this. This strange positivity that she that she has that that seems like she's driven mad and she 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 relates to oh but at least I've got some nice things and yes, it's yeah, just really unsettling again.
0: Yeah, the whole the whole thing's unsettling. Um, yeah, very much.
2: Especially that the, the fact that you've got such tiny walkways and very little room to, to manoeuvre other than backwards and forwards, and then they and start it's very, stop,
1: Very dark.
2: Yeah, yeah, then they start breaking the pathways in front of you, and you know, yes. I, beca- I, I became really, uh, really addicted to placing a, um, a, a message on the floor to say, "Don't go on any further," and, really, yeah, and making alive. sure I rated any of the messages that were there to stop <laughs> yeah. me doing that. Yeah,
0: definitely want to keep those around. Um, I think for me, the thing that I always remember is the, the first time I played through this and got through to. Maneaters I've never had as much trouble with but the old monk, the first time I got through there it, I was invaded every time and, and I love this is the aspect of the online that yeah. it should be so frustrating but actually I love the fact the cleverest part of the online mm-hmm. in this game for me is that y- you go up to fight this boss who's a relative pushover actually if it's just the boss mm-hmm. but if someone invades wow, that is so so—you just puts you right on edge um, and it's it's really smart to allow a player to invade as and be the boss, not just someone who's mucking up your level, or you know. Well, I mean, I'm sure you, that that actually, particular
1: boss is designed to drag someone nearby into your game and deliberately. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah it know, is, it's it's, it's yeah. not just a, a happenstance because people oh, no, enjoy no, no, that no, place. yeah. Mm-hmm. The boss is actually designed to just drag someone from their world into yours mm-hmm. for the purpose of being absolutely horrible to you.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you put a blue eye stone down in in the hopes that someone will summon you into their game to help them, <laughs> that gives the game the leeway to show you as the old monk. And yeah, it's just such a nasty twist. But of course, it would be in yeah. this game.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely it's brilliant, beautifully perfect, perfect and terrifying yeah. that they did that. Mm-hmm. It's um, also got I, one of I the coolest
1: helms in the game. Yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that uh, that. Tornado esque yellow mm-hmm. robe is, uh, yeah, it's, it's.
1: See, if, if it's you're really wearing that thing in the Tower of Latria, you might <laughs> have had a chance of avoiding falling into pits before you put it on. <laughs> yeah. But then, with 90% of the screen obscured by the craziest helmet <laughs> you've ever seen, you're going down. You're yep. going down those holes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So Tower of Latria uh it's bizarre and wonderful. Um one of my I think probably my favorite area of the game but uh, but yeah. Beyond Tower of Latria the uh we're going to call it the Fourth Archstone but I I think of it as fifth because we've got that broken fourth but the the Fourth World uh CJ would you like to tell us all about Shrine of Storms?
2: Yeah, of storms is is my favorite world. Um mm. it's it's all coastline and dust and heaven hidden ca- caverns and this this crushed fortress that's uh, that's um, that, that's been destroyed and, and ravaged long long before sort of, we arrived. Um, for, uh, game wise for me it 's it's it 's battle training it 's the first place to go after after one mm. one um and you 're attacked by these these rolling what I, what I termed at the time the the cylon skeletons <laughs> and whilst, whilst, it, whilst they give sort of the, um, a really relentless attack as soon as one of them 's down, which is quite harrowing at, at, at the start because they are so tough and they are so relentless mm. um, when you get, when they belch out about 400 souls, you're like, oh. <laughs> and I, 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 th- I think it, I, I, the, other, the other worlds at this point will only give a, a meager amount of souls for the enemies you kill, but mm-hmm. this, is, this is one of those places where you can stick and twist, that even if you yeah. get up the, first, the first run of stairs and, and die, if you get back to your souls, you've got quite a lot there waiting for you. Um, and the the run up to, to the to the adjudicator, even if you get up to the boss and just think, bolster it, I'm going back to the uh to the Nexus you've got a decent amount of souls. Um yeah. so it's one of those where you can start investing um in in building your character up properly. Um, enough to to take on the other levels if you if if you wish or save up for the fifty thousand souls that would that would take you to the avarice ring in uh, in three one but um but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of variety. There's a lot there's lots of hidden uh, hidden sort of pathways which you've got dark silver surprises there, and then then <laughs> you then you start uh, you confront the the black skeletons that are wielding the katanas that move very that shuffle towards you very slowly and then launch into that that dual sword strike. Um, yeah. The wonderful gold skeletons who basically the only time they drop their guard is when they throw their most vicious and long reaching <laughs> attack at you <laughs> at, at first on, on the, on the, uh, the slightest of pathways as well. Um, yeah, it's, I, I find it a fascinating, uh, introduction to, to the world very, very sort of, uh, very, Ray Harryhausen again. it's like a, it's like a child's play set, the way that yeah, these, really. these things are, these enemies are, are dropped in, but you're learning the game as you go along. Mm. Um, yeah the the first sight of the of the enemy in the the tutorial that the yeah, Vanguardium yeah? yeah, absolutely yeah um, you've, uh, if you if you've got ranged attacks you can take him out sort of quite quite easily and likewise the the first introduction to the to the manta rays yeah um mm-hmm. but uh, and then the run up to uh the adjudicator who's all all tubby wobble and tongue. <laughs> um and it seems analyzing the uh, the p- the place that you fight him, it's almost as if he's fallen through floors, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, a, yeah. a, as if yeah. that same that same something that, that that punched through the floorboards had had a had a swing at him as well, or um, if he'd just been lulled into an area where the flooring was uh, couldn't take his weight. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, adjudica- the adjudicators first introduced on a shield that you get halfway through the level. Mm-hmm. Um, with an illustration of him and the the bird that sits atop his shoulder, and I often wonder if uh, if that was stolen from the adjudicator, or they he's clearly I'd, I'd, well I muse as to whether he's he's the sort that's that's stripping or doing something to the souls that's creating the those sort of elongated creatures from uh, from four to. Mm.
1: I think that the adjudicator is a very handsome man, and I believe that he's probably got plenty of secret admirers that would just love to illustrate his face in the shield.
4: Yeah,
2: or or wound him. And I'm wondering if that if that's that same person that stole the shield and got ended by a, a katana skeleton was the same one that uh, that inflicted that wound. But uh, you've also got the bird on his shoulder that uh, obviously seeks seeks to protect the um, the adjudicator with cries because the creature's feeding on the scraps of of everything it it destroys. Yeah. So um,
0: yeah, just a, a, an utterly fascinating and revolting. Mm-hmm. Boss. you know the, the tongue attack that he does is just <laughs> awful uh, it's another really one of those awful, with, the,
2: yeah. with the size of the creature but the the the, the really really claustrophobic play play area you've yeah. got to mm-hmm. to try and avoid that huge arc of swing that he does mm-hmm. and then try and run around to to stab the little bit of his kind of jelly belly that's uh hmm. that's that you can affect um
0: yeah, I think you you talked about the risk reward and, and this boss and the whole the whole uh Shrine of Storms feels a lot like a risk reward. Um and I, I love the journey you go on from that first skeleton that you face which wiped the floor with me and <laughs> and still did long time after I was I was uh you know, going through that area looking for other items and and cleaning up souls. But then you get to the end and, and although you're still very vulnerable you get the the storm ruler. Right. Uh, yep. Sword, and it just gives you that one glimpse of
2: power that you get in the game. Oh, it's um, like this magnificence! Yeah. The the the, the art, Arthur, the Arthurian sword that's that sort of sheathed in in stone, uh, and mm. an, an enemy that just seems far too big, and then it just <laughs> gives you that glorious David and Goliath moment where you, yeah. you you thunder crack the sky, and you can hear the the beast in the heavens scream. It's it's yeah. it's pure power transference and that the the first moment you do it even when you twat into those mantarines and they just go like
4: it's it's like
2: come on and (laughs) and, and whilst there's a as a boss battle it may not be particularly challenging it's all about just the sheer level of the sheer rush of power Mm. that you, Mm. you have at that point um and before that, not forgetting the, the old monk, which once again might not be uh, the toughest of boss battles, but the level of nuance to the way that yeah. he creeps and the, 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 that sort of yellow golden shimmer, which, <coughs> all, which again looks, looks like a, an old sort of Sinbad oh. superimposed feel, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is fantastic. Uh, it's it's pure adventure, and you know when you when you're playing in the living room with the lights off and you've just got the window into that world, it's hard not to hold your breath and just be completely drawn into it.
0: Yeah, the old hero is is an absolute piece of cake after probably the level I find the hardest in the entire game. Yeah, um, for for multiple reasons, the old hero just feels it sh- it should be an anticlimax because he's so easy, but. It's still tense because he's walking around and you know you get a sense of his power, even though actually I, I don't think I've ever even been hit by him once because he is so um, slow. But yeah, when that sword comes down, you do feel like you have to tiptoe around him a lot. Cause mm. of it's, the, it's almost the as though the,
2: the boss of 4 of, of 2 is actually managing traver- to traverse the, the part where you go into the caves and you've got mm. the. Uh, you've not just got the creatures that are coming on ahead of you, but you've also got those ghost train giggling one touch <laughs> kills that are hiding yeah, around corners. Workers, yeah. And it's paranoia that you're dealing with more than anything because, yeah. you know, I, I, I suppose that there's a way of running through that and, and, and getting past most of it in, in minutes, but there's a part of me which reduces to, to, to a child again and just feels mm. very, Vulnerable and very frightened. You're thrilled but scared, and um, yeah, yeah. it just feels like everything is out to get you, and he's out to get you once, and he's also hiding to try and get you, just to add to the get youness.
4: <laughs>
2: but I, I, I love it to pieces. I, th- I think it's a yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a survival horror level when it gets into uh, into into those caverns. But uh, yeah, I I, I I love it, and yet. I'm terrified by it at the same time.
0: (laughs) So, Sean, you're going to tell us about Valley of Defilement, but just before you do, I want to say I hate patches. Yeah. Gladly killed him. (laughs) Gladly killed him. Can we be friends? No, no. Taste my blade. Um, (laughs) Yeah. One of only, I think, two characters to pass between the Souls games, although both Mm -hmm. required changes of name in order to. To not fall foul of, of Sony's uh, development mm-hmm. involvement and development of Demon isn't an
2: Armored so. Core as well? I've heard somebody say that that there's a, no, a, right. a patches that goes through sort of a, a few of the of the hmm. Souls games. Sorry, not do, a few of the a few <laughs> Froms the, games, From software from. games, from. Yeah.
0: Yeah. possibly. Because I know there's
2: a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of weaponry as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The transfers between mm-hmm. yeah, the new Kingsfield life and, and, and yeah. the Souls games and stuff, yeah,
0: yeah. They all, they all kind of speak to the um, the medieval aesthetic. Uh, of, of the Souls games quite well but yeah, they obviously transfer to, to other areas as this,
2: well. So. There's something I'd, I'd like to add which, which is mm. um, a, a real favourite of World 4 as well, it's that when you get to the coastline, the sky is moving but the sea has stopped and I find that yeah. terrifying. Hmm. I've, I just—it's almost like it's a, it, you've got all these these wind-up skeletons that seem to that seem to want you to die or be reluctant to to, to, to jog into a trot, and then will just turn back and walk back from whence they came. But just hmm. this this movement of the sky, and then what's the sea? It'd be easy to say that it's frozen. It's far more disturbing to think that someone has just stopped it. From moving, well, I, I, I love I think, that.
0: Um, that that's in keeping with the fact that the um, the Storm King and and the Rays are in the sky rather than in the sea. It is an inverted world. It is a mm. it's, it's something very definitely wrong uh, with it. Uh, speaking of there, <laughs> so being something wrong, yeah. with <laughs> The world, Sean.
3: <laughs> Here we go. Okay, uh, Valley of Defilement um, is disgusting. It's, uh, mm. yeah. the world seems to be, uh, caked in, uh, rust and, uh, old wood. And, um, apparently, and I think this is uh, a point of controversy for some, uh, but what I believe is, uh, the most widely accepted notion of this Valley of Defilement is anywhere where there's, uh, red water, uh, mm. apparently is the blood of aborted fetuses,
0: yeah
3: um I'm which about is that. yeah well yeah, that probably. comes into play in the in the last area um where yeah. you see all the blood babies in the in the water who will uh kill you with plague immediately um yeah but this is also like one of the hardest uh, at least the first level is uh one of the hardest ones to traverse across because it's all tight tight spaces yeah. beams that you can easily fall off of um and and every boss uh except for the last one uh just the first two then i guess leechmonger and the dirty colossus yeah uh, are just like you can smell them like they're so gross looking <laughs> and just like yeah, you can see gross, like the right. smoke and just dust and grossness just emanating from them all the
2: time
1: and that's a great name the dirty colossus yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's, it's yeah. Just, if somebody <laughs> so hasn't used that for a band by now or at least an album title oh, man, then that is an name. opportunity <laughs> missed yeah I'd go and see Dirty Colossus, <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't return. Uh-huh. And
1: I wouldn't watch the movie. I'll say that much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's, a, there's almost a, a, a level of kind of piled-on shanty town mm-hmm. yep. to, yeah, uh, to mm-hmm. it, and, and this a, a kaplunk degree that you could possibly remove a few a few pieces of wood, and the whole thing would just mm-hmm. shatter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everything seems out of out of place, and there doesn't seem to be any. Uh, structure to it, and that's 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 really really frightening in of itself. And then you mm-hmm. get yeah. those giants that, especially yeah. when you first encounter them, seem further away than they actually are,
4: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> or yeah. closer than they actually are. And, and the landscape changes that. Uh, you're getting enemies that are quite happy to hide and mob you on on mass, and it's it's a it's a world that just feels like it's completely out to end you.
1: That's the mm, thing. Yeah. I mean, like these people have been exiled, and it, it kind of yeah, feels yeah. as though it's a place that just has been thrown together with a complete lack of any architectural arch, uh, yeah, architectural yeah. experience.
2: There's that there's that wonderful moment. I think it's in uh, in five three where you encounter an enemy and you just think, right, bosh. And then it falls down into the water below, and you see yeah. all the plague babies go mm-hmm. nom 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 nom. And it's like there, there, there's no rules here. Whatever yeah, falls yeah. into the water is gone, it's done. Yeah, they <laughs> rush at yes, it yeah. in like, but like, like little kiddie piranhas, and just mm-hmm. rip it well, apart. the yeah,
0: plague of locusts or something. They mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. Yeah, they're very, they But Sean, stand, uh, standing, standing
2: uh, atop that bit and looking down at the time, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a real kind of,
0: no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, it, it's, it's all manner of wrong, <laughs> and Sean, you absolutely nailed it when you talked about the imagery in this level being yeah. to do with, um, yeah, there's a lot of abortion imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maiden Estrella at the end is cradling her demon soul yeah, as yeah. if a baby, yeah. uh, while blood streams down from underneath her mm-hmm. um, into this pool of blood that is infested with babies who have, who are... Own, their only reason to still exist if in, if in fact they're alive in any way shape or form at all is to carry plague it's yeah. so incredibly disturbing, disturbing. And, and all around the outside are draglings who are worshipping mm-hmm. her because she came there to try and save this worst worst of the world mm-hmm. you know everything bad has gone to the valley of defilement it's and she's there to try the and
1: group. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she's there to try and save it, but failed. So yeah, Sean, yeah. I think and you absolutely nailed. Nailed. I've really that. not
2: thought about any of that in that kind yeah. of focus or detail, but it's it's really affecting when you when you when you yeah. frame it like that's that. That's
1: because the normal mind would shy away from. Can I ask
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's also that NPC that's that's throughout the entire uh, five one through five uh, five one and five two. That uh, is what's her name? Like the old old woman or something? Like a filthy woman. And yeah. uh, she she them, consistently yeah. talks about this baby that she's trying to yeah. protect that is not there, <laughs> and, and uh, very
0: specifically an empty space right. where the baby should be. Yes, yeah. yeah,
2: so gross. It goes it goes from those uh, from those tight pathways into the massive swamp, mm-hmm. which yeah. then yeah. tries to guide you along the centre, and as it slows you down and tries to infect you, mm-hmm. it then throws the giants at you. And yeah. at first, you it, it just it, you just think. I can't really go beyond the, the, the bounds that, the, you know, the conditioning that most games have given us, that, like, this is the way that we're supposed to go. And mm-hmm. then when you realise that the lights across the edges are things that you can pick up, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's revolutionary to the way that you play it, and then it throws a hugely powerful Black Phantom at you, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and which I still haven't killed.
0: Is that, that yeah. Celine Godland?
2: Yeah, yeah, Celine Again. Garland. Yeah, yeah, she's
0: looking for her brother, but as a Black Phantom form, uh, just incredibly tough. Yeah. Uh, I think you get a side quest from her to to bring her uh, proof of her brother being there. So yeah, the the whole area is just so hostile. Uh, is is the only way I can describe it. To everything, to itself, even I think is is the most disturbing and and disconcerting thing about it. But um. So we've 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 quickly come, well, possibly not so quickly, but uh, we've come round to the end game, which is the the final uh, battle, I suppose, against false King Alant and then regular King Alant, and the the choice that you have at the end, um, which is it's not an easy choice to make because on the one hand you you could become, uh, you know. You could kill the old one and take on its mantle, or you can allow the maiden to fulfil her purpose, and you go on to become a monumental. But what sort of world are you persisting if you do mm-hmm. that? You know, it's very disturbing the the notion of of what's left of this world to be saved. You know,
2: I I, I like the, the the aspect to the end that the the creature that you that in in most games would be the biggest, mm-hmm. most powerful <laughs> boss. Is mm. actually this this really pathetic mutated yep. creature, yeah. Um, yeah. just knotted and undone by its hatred and its spite, and uh, mm. I, I, rather than I, rather than seeming like an anticlimax to me, it was I don't know, it just seemed really really poignant mm. and mm. really totally really brilliant, fitting, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and they set it's you up for something
3: g- much more <coughs> intense with that giant. I guess it's like a tree or whatever that thing is supposed to be. Yeah, it makes you think you're going to walk in and just have the worst fight of your life, and then you just yeah. it's just a cakewalk when you get inside.
2: So. There's almost this this sort of subtle bit of poetry at the end, yep. which makes you uh, oh, very much. Yeah, makes you definitely confront confront not only your thoughts throughout the game and that you, you've got this 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 twisted failing creature in front of you, but also mm. the way that most games would would do this in the way that you're, you it doesn't feel unsatisfying to be confronted with the the effigy that you that you that you discover
0: yeah no it's very purposefully there i think to not allow you to have that power of fantasy yeah. you do not get to be the hero right um you 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 get to do you know, you get to do what you have to, and and you kill this unspeakable thing, and and you either become the unspeakable uh, thing yourself, uh, but even if you don't, you are in no uncertain terms that you have become a monster, and that the best you can do is become a monumental to keep the the world in some kind of balance. But it's it's only a matter of time before some other uh, creature comes along to unsettle it again. It's. There's a, a the notion of the new game plus as well as this perpetual cycle mm-hmm. that is just supported by it.
2: Well, that's that's there within um, the the online side of things and the way that you yeah. you're seeing all the different ghosts and it just feels this this degree of of growing helplessness. That, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a, a, a an awe and a wonder at the fact that. There are so many players that you can see, like chalk sketches, wandering, wandering in and out of of your world, and you can join theirs, and they can they can break into yours, and the, the, and the, <laughs> the the desperate shiv that that feels when it when it first happens, but yeah. um, yeah. that 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 growing sort of uh, mournful feeling that just everything is helpless throughout, throughout countless timelines is 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 incredible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have discussed uh it, through as much of Demon Souls as, as we have uh, have the ability to cover in in this uh in this particular podcast, but we do have a few uh, responses from the forum. There are people talking about their own um, experiences, and it's fair to say I, I picked out some typical responses, but the discussions that were occurring uh, on our forum thread about Demon Souls were um, were incredibly interesting, and, and definitely go and check those out if, if you, you're interested in talking to the people who, who gave these excellent comments. Um, Chopper says. It's difficult to encapsulate what makes Demon Souls great because there are so many things. It's such an intricate game. From the weapons and their properties through the miracles, spells and character builds to the environments where the level design brings you back around to your starting point in unexpected and delightful ways. To the environmental storytelling in those levels that feeds into the world building. To the shifting of character and world tendency. You have all these intricate systems that make up a perfectly designed whole. It's a game that lures you into complacency and punishes you for it. Environmental hazards like ledges, traps and cluttered furniture are a major part of the game. The game is significantly different if you play. Without Thief's Ring, the flow of the game is beautiful because of all this. I've played through it around six times now and it still retains the ability to delight and surprise. Uh, CJ, would you like to take Andy Kurosaki's comment,
2: Yeah, uh, Andy Kurosaki from the forum says, played it, kicked my arse, gave up on it. That seem familiar, Sean? <laughs> well, I can see its potential, I haven't really got time to sink into games like the Soul series. You need time to get to grips with them, and a combination of very early starts and early bedtimes means my brain couldn't focus enough on this. Ten years ago, I'd, I'd have likely been uh, well into Demon Souls, but sadly not now. My loss, though, as I can see why people love it.
0: So, uh, our final... Uh Comment from the forum, Darren, would you care to, uh, to give us this one, please?
1: Mono from the forum says Demon's Souls was actually the first next-game game I owned when I got my PS3 back in August 2011. I was keen to sample its morbid curiosity in punishing the player with my own hands, and while it certainly didn't disappoint in fulfilling its murderous duties, I must have died a good 20 times or so before even reaching Phalanx, something didn't quite click. After a couple of months I finally returned, accomplishing more in a brief span of time than in all the time I had spent with the game to date. It wasn't long after that that I managed to finish the game, with the high point being the unexpectedly poignant fight with Garl Vinland and Maiden Strea. there's a brief moment in the dialogue where you attack her, where she begs God, and the player, for mercy. I guess I never fell in love with Demon's Souls the way I hoped to. There's certainly something satisfying about its combat mechanics, but my biggest complaint to the game is that it's all too easy to find an overpowered weapon or setup. Armed with a klingring ring, crescent falcon plus one, and starting off as the royalty class, virtually guarantees a far more straightforward ride through the game. Perhaps if I was to limit myself to not using these items, I'd find a more rewarding experience, but even without a guide, they're easy to find and far too easy to abuse. All in all, Demon's Souls was enjoyable, but didn't live up to the lofty expectations I had for it. I also feel like I missed out on the social experience of learning the game's little nuances and intrigues. I'm somewhat interested in Dark Souls 2, although issues with game balancing would only be discovered long after the fact. I'm not yet sure whether I'm going to be picking it up or not.
0: Uh, Yeah, I just thought that was a very interesting response, especially about being overpowered, and I think that, that's accurate I, th- I think it is perfectly possible to stumble upon but equally possible to abuse mm-hmm. um an overpowered setup and, and royalty classes commonly excuse me held as as kind of the, the easy way through because you immediately get a ranged spell that's relatively powerful um the Crescent Falcon you're not necessarily likely to stumble across it because you're probably gonna <laughs> gonna fall foul of of that um black skeleton um, that the guards it but but if you're persistent and and find a way to get past and pick up these items um, then yeah it is possible to, to have an easier ride um, but I think that's all part and parcel of the game to me so um, a, a few things that I wanted to touch on um, we, we've kind of mentioned bits and pieces about them already but I think it is worth saying that the interface in Demon Souls there's one big problem I have with it which is um, when you're when you're in menus often you're presented with icons yeah. that don't really relate to anything and you just kind of have to learn what the icon for strength looks like mm-hmm. or the icon for agility, uh, for dexterity, and it's Wait. not terribly mm-hmm. user friendly at all mm-hmm. and
1: it's worth mentioning that the recent beta for Dark Souls 2 seem to indicate a return to that hieroglyphic kind of
0: method yeah yeah. yeah, which once you've learned it is fine, but it's it's almost incomprehensible mm-hmm. to start with. Speaking of incomprehensible, <laughs> we've touched on world and character tendency and how it can change the, um, the game a little bit. It's fair to say that even now, despite all of the various informations available about this game it's still not terribly well understood how world and character tendency works
2: it's tremendous um, potential for it though mm-hmm. i think that, i think yeah. it, I, th- I think if they explain it properly and they they get it right and especially if they, if they continue the the hype and momentum of 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 anything after this with you know the di- the different events that that might that might come about it could have the tendency to be really cool cuz those atlas events were pretty neat
1: i think that the tendency yep. idea is a fantastic one it's just that they yeah. they don't explain it very well and they give you far too few opportunities to actually play about with it and even minor mm. mistakes yeah. or uh sidesteps can throw it crazily off kilter you know like for instance like in boletaria and one one execution execution Moralda, she'll attack you and try to kill you and i am certain that if you kill her body form it reduces the world tendency by 3 a factor of 3. Yeah. That's not small and there's no way around it if you want her armor or to even get past her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not to mention the fact that it resets to the the global mean every time that you log off and log yeah. back on the servers yeah. which is is really tough if you're not in a position where you can you can set aside a number of hours to, to mess around in particular yeah. worlds to get world tendency to where you need it to be. It's uh, incredibly obtuse, I, I think, yeah. uh, but a a has great really, potential. Yeah, there yeah. is
1: a lot of really interesting variables that can occur because of it. It's yeah. just that you're not given enough depth switches as such to play about with it, experiment and do it in a way that isn't yeah. going to throw your game completely off if you kill the wrong guy or pick up the wrong item. Small things. It's not can easy to read off.
2: that uh, that screen either, which is which is showing uh, exactly. what the world tendencies are. How brightly are. is
1: it glowing? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can you can identify true black but but the sure, white yeah. is like uh is like is that off white is that <laughs> is that some sort of cream or beige yeah. or am i just getting old so
0: the the final point before we do th- uh, three word reviews and uh, and wrap up our own thoughts demon souls 2 is the most odd possibility that i think we can fathom cj you mentioned that it feels like a, a distinct type of game from Dark Souls in some ways and therefore it could stand a sequel of its own but because of the way that the development of Demon's Souls occurred Sony have a stake in it, therefore when Namco Bandai approached From Software to uh, release Dark Souls, that had to be a separate game, it didn't take place in the same world it's not the same I hate intellectual property why do we even know that phrase? (laughs) Um, Anyway, it's a separate uh, franchise it doesn't Coexist, although there may be theories as to how the worlds actually can can be related to one another. So Using that there great is this, phrase,
2: the, the spiritual sequel. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, but there there is therefore this real possibility that Sony, being in charge of or owners of part owners of this uh, this Demon Souls um, franchise, could actually either with From Software or with someone else could actually present a Demon Souls two. So rather uh, play. Devil's advocate, I'm just going to ask uh, you three guys to to say, um, and I guess we could probably use this as as our summaries in some way. <laughs> Do we really want a Demon
2: Souls two? Dear Lord, yes. <laughs> Allow me
1: to ask this inan- inanimate brick to my left whether there should be a demon Souls too. <laughs> okay, this brick that doesn't have a brain, it just said yes.
2: <laughs>
1: That's how it's obvious it. that we want a demon Souls 2.
2: A lot of the folks that, that that say that, uh, oh, well, there's already Dark Souls, I don't think are as invested in Boletaria or see it as um such a, a separate place that they that they've invested themselves in mm. uh as much as you know the the, the likes as, as as i have and i i i have this vision because I, I i've i've read various things uh that sony have been ready to 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 show off something to do with demon souls 2 for quite a while but I've, for some reason of of I've sort of choked that down. But I I have visions of seeing a a video at E3, which is all monsters and incredible landscapes and sweeping through it. And then it rushes through this land and it just cuts to black and goes, does thou seek soul power? (laughs) And then audience just erupts. I'm sat there (laughs) looking like something from Ren and Stimpy with my jaw on the floor with kind of salty onion eyes, just breaking into floods of tears that's what i want that's the <laughs> one trailer that could reduce me to absolute nothingness because this game means so much to me and i i i want i want more of these lands i want them to 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 tell me as as much as 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 dark souls did when it when it hid its secrets and and made me want to dig for more and and there's, there's definitely more there in bolateria and i just i just need it give it to me <laughs> now please i beg you and i'd like to see the competition as well i think that a healthy competition between the two games would 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 mean for for better games and a higher quality of game between the two yeah. plus plus an increased audience that would probably you know zigzag between the two and and have passions and impressions and what they wanted and which they favored in the same way uh is is there between demons and dark
0: mm. excellent Right. Uh, lots of three-word reviews we got, and some uh, some very excellent ones. So we are going to uh, to read through these. Thank you very much, as always, for your um, your input. It's great to see the creative ways people can can manage to sum up their feelings on a game in, in three little words. So here we go. CJ, will you kick us off, please?
2: The illustrious Sean McElroy of Polygon fame uh, says, Really nice castles.
1: Patrick Smith of the Twin Humanities Podcast says... Lordran's Gateway Drug
0: Excellent Uh, Glenn Watts, uh, Mr Flabio says exercise in frustration Daniel Gomez
3: says Game of Generation
2: Ant Bait uh, Lord Ant Man uh, said harsh evaluate me Which by (laughs) the way
4: is
1: one of the fantastic original uh, translations for the Asian version of the game (laughs) Alright, cool (laughs) (laughs) Excellent Daniel Owens at Cap'n Green says, Tower of Latria. Ding!
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Registratus uh, Marcus says, I am intimidated. <laughs> Vimsy, Vimsy,
3: 74. Uh, yeah. Says, uh, unique, epic,
2: awesome. Octodus Rex says, frustrating as hell.
1: See you, new boy. Started
0: something great. Necymancer <laughs> says, "Ah, dragons! Ah, that, that, that was that was my pick by the way. Necymancer of, of the four three-word reviews you supplied, I thought that one was, was great."
3: Michael Hughes says, "Sticky white stuff. Wee.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there we dem slugs yo." <laughs>
0: Magical sticky white stuff. I
2: honestly thought
1: we were going to get through the entire podcast without saying that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How dare you. Uh, Richard Atwood says, Pitch perfect punishment.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you very much again, everyone. Okay, we are going to wrap up with our summaries. Darren, how do you feel about Demon's Souls?
1: It's really incredibly difficult to say a lot of negative things about this game. It is a trailblazer in a lot of ways. In an era when a lot of games are, instead of blazing trails, they're adhering to them. They are trying to get as many uh, consumers into their pockets uh, as possible through making games incredibly accessible, uh, making sure they're not too difficult, making sure that they confirmed uh, what the current, uh, the soup de jour, you know, like Modern Warfare was, so a lot of first-person jurors came out. Hmm. It's really rare to see a game like this Not just buckle conventions, but break it. Just kick them in the balls and do their Mm. own thing in the most punkish ways imaginable. And it's great that they did. I'm amazed that this series, this and obviously the Dark Souls series, have not been aped in some way by now. They Mm. really are standout pieces of entertainment. And it's the thing is, you've got to play these games you might not like them, you might might not even be able to play them, but I can't think of other series where just putting in a little bit of time and a little bit of effort rewards you in such incredible ways there's a few that I would personally put on a pistol, um, roughly alongside them, There's not a hell of a lot in all the time that I've been playing video games Um, it's a unique experience, it's refreshing totally different from so many other games that's out there and it doesn't insult you, your intelligence, but it will beat you down. I've got nothing but love for this entire series, and the more people that play it, the better. It's the kind of things that I feel gaming should be working towards—that kind of rewarding people without giving them anything for nothing. I think it's a, just a cracking way, uh, a cracking series, and I'm just going to be repeating myself if I continue this. <laughs> Go Good. <ahead laughs> <with it. laughs>
0: No, I, I've I've got to agree. I I don't have a great deal to add to that, except to say that something about these games—they uh, don't necessarily invite you in. But I I just loved um, dusting myself off, picking myself up, and and. You know, just finding different ways, trying different things, and just seeing what the world had to offer and the different inventive ways—from jumping down a pit that looks so inviting but kills you—to um, to facing up against bosses that are doing everything they can, but within their own rules, um, to to try and stop your progress. Um, it didn't feel like there were too many cheap gimmicks to to. Uh, to getting through this game it felt like it was all just discovering um discovering your own way of of coming to terms with what the game was and uh, and and just exploring this fairly sort of nebulous world but it, it it offers little nuggets here and there that allow you to to piece together what you imagine the world to be and we were talking about particularly tower of latria and um and valley of defilement there's there's so much imagery in those levels and there's so much going on that just had me wondering what brought those to be what they represent and 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 what would become of them after after the world uh, falls or or is saved um yeah just demon souls presented me with something i i haven't seen in in video games before and uh the more times that can happen the better Uh, the more new experiences I can have that really challenge uh, what I think is possible in a video game um, like this does and I know that's a lot of hyperbole and and we try to steer clear of that but um, I, I haven't experienced many games like this um, and and I'm I'm glad they are here for me to experience. And that's not to say there aren't improvements to be made. It's not to say there aren't problems that would put people off. But there's um, there's a lot to be to be said for a game that that purposefully tries to do something different just to see what's possible. And I'm going to stop talking now too.
2: <laughs> <you>? <laughs> um, well, I mean, games have been such a such a huge part of my life. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. something about souls titles which locked in with me so very deeply um demon soul started it and this this place rapturous in harry house and this fancy world with mechanics that felt instinctive real world and it wasn't sort of mash mash slasher slash it was it was considered it was important Mm. um i held my breath i applied logic i tread very very carefully uh i found shocks and surprises and my, moments and times when i was found out bested demoralized torn apart um mm. but the most glorious rapture on the other side of it the, the adrenaline the sheer bloody pride of of getting beyond that of thinking beyond it uh some, sometimes it was it was sheer bloody mindedness or a fluke or a rush of blood to the head but it all seems spontaneous and yet considered and i any one of those variables could kick in depending on what mood i was in or uh how lucky i was feeling or i don't know um and that feeling became the addiction understanding there was there was one way to more than one way to skin a cat meant that there was no locked in developer uh sort of type of you have to be this good to get past you could take it at your own pace and and if something wasn't working then try and think around it um and there was there was that whole brutally difficult bullet point that was that was really cheap for a lot of journalists to um to sort of smack onto onto demon souls but uh, paying attention and with that determination the 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 results on the other side of that were, were like nothing i've known and um I mean, I there are there are times where I where I kind of struggle with with depression and losing myself in uh, in demon souls became a a really huge part of getting beyond that of forgetting the everyday world and you know debts and uh, emotional stuff and uh, almost applying the rules in return that I could that I could take these nuggets of success and sort of celebrate them a little bit and and pull them back into the real world they that almost became a you know me as a ghost running through one world and that version of me back in the real world it's I, Mm. i i don't know quite how to explain it but it's it's something that's really emotional and it's really attached to my experience with both demons and dark um and I'd, I'd say the the games changed my life in the way that that I look at games in general. Uh, my heart's all over them, and I honestly couldn't recommend them more. If anybody's listening to this, as as I've done, sort of a number of the other uh, Kenny Rins podcasts, of games that oh, I, I quite fancy that, or I've heard heard quite a bit about it. Just go in knowing nothing, and just. Just see how you feel. See how you breathe within that world. Take the instinctive mechanics and throw up your shield as if it's yours. Swing that sword as if it's yours, and just lose yourself. Because there's there's something that's that I believe is genuinely special there, um, and I I found it and I loved it, and you know I uh, I hope other people do as well.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. Sean, would you like to uh, send <laughs> us off? Trying to
3: follow that up. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's okay. Game's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: um, not while well, I've got a mouthful of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right. And um, thank you for joining anyway, us next week. Okay, the bridge
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: drops the mic.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Demon Souls is. If I have to do the one of those. Gross, ugly lists. Uh, It's in my top three of all time. Um, I started off not liking the game at all. You know, I popped it in and and thought all those things I said earlier. You know, it's just not. It just wasn't. It wasn't being nice to me. It wasn't being my friend. And uh, so I I threw it away. And then I I, I kept thinking about it and just burrowed into my brain, and uh, like no other game does. And I came back to it and eventually um, just fell. Terribly in love with it. It's 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 beautiful and it's disgusting and it's funny sometimes and it's harrowing sometimes and it's just all of these things that so many games aren't. And um, yeah, it's a fantastic game, and I recommend that everybody play it. I don't care if you don't like it, play it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah.
1: Precisely. Well, even if you buy this game and you don't like it, you've given them money that they deserve.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your money is
1: better in their hands than yours.
0: Excellent. Well, I just have to say thank you very much to Darren Forman, Sean O'Brien, and to C.J. Black. C.J., would you like to tell us uh, about your wares?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I I'm I'm part of the Twin Humanities podcast with with my friend Patrick, where we uh, we talk about Souls games and uh, what's happening across the uh, the different the different aspects of the community and uh, little bits of news and various runs that we're doing and sometimes we get guests James Carter um, <laughs> Listen, and, <yes. laughs> and yeah it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, it originally yeah. started out as, as Patrick being new to the games and, and me being experienced and uh, hearing his battle stories and sort of sharing my own and he ended up becoming as 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 addicted to uh, to the games as, as I am and as much of an advocate so uh, we do that and we also do one uh, a podcast called well, the, the Twin Humanities one is at twinhumanitiespodcast.tumblr.com um, we've also got a podcast called Oh The Humanities where we talk about other games that aren't Dark Souls um, which at the moment seems to be me rambling a lot about Monster Hunter <laughs> um, and the Wii U a lot um, so that's Um I'm on Twitter at coffeejesus that's with a Z in the middle of the Jesus bit and I've got some writing stuff uh, that I do for a fine site called plusxp.com which includes uh, a piece called uh, A Love Letter to Dark Souls um, which was the first thing I did for them and uh, I recently did a, a, a little bit of an adventure down to London to play Dark Souls Two, and on the other side of things, um, Twin Humanities is a, a year old today. So, uh, it I'm, is, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kane Rent, and, Rims. and uh, it's 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 a genuine honour as a as, as a fan of the podcast to to be on here after a year talking about one of my favourite games ever. So uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank That's you.
4: You
1: have on the check, so that will be in the mail.
4: <laughs> Marvellous, I shall
2: sit by the door immediately <laughs>
0: Not at all, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on uh, and, and especially on today, your, your anniversary of, of the podcast so congratulations on that and definitely if, uh, if you're fans of uh, Demon's Souls and Dark Souls then go and uh, check that podcast out lots of, uh, lots of fun to be had so next time in issue 119 you can join Tony Atkins returning guest Andy Hamilton debuting guest Paul Shotten and myself as we try to separate fact from fiction regarding Rockstar Games controversial Manhunt series bringing along a fractured psyche is optional a plastic bag is not (laughs) I will leave you asking how did you defeat my precious demon no human has an appetite for souls such as you (laughs) Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Sticky white stuff.